welcome back and we are back at it again folks how you doing brandon doing good doing good we've taken uh kind of our little spring break here a couple weeks off to just enjoy the sports going on and whatnot but uh doing good and good to be back how are you doing it was truly my spring break, Brandon. All I've been doing since the last episode is walking around in a tube top, getting a tan, and flirting. So yeah, you, you know. have. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I have. Big man out on the road. Just kidding. A um, lot of shows though. Been busy. Um, good to be back. And uh, and we got we got stuff to talk about. So much right off the bat. Have you been seeing the new Ultimate Fighter um, promos coming out now? Um, I've seen a few. Have you but seen not, the most recent one of cool. McGregor and uh, Chandler chatting in the gym? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, man. And, and it's, it's tough. And I, I've been wanting to talk about this because do you, and this is, admittedly, this is what got me into the UFC because I just remember how big it was. But McGregor mania, Conor mania, that was a real thing. That yeah. was legit. In 2016, 2015, 2014, he he took over the world in a way like another. He was on TSN more than any, like he was on Sports Center more than any UFC fighter ever before or after him. He was talked about constantly. Anytime he was fighting, he was doing press tours. It was always televised. Everyone was talking about the McGregor fight, even if you weren't a UFC fan. He had, he had transcended the sport. I don't think he can ever get back to that impact. Mm-hmm. And, and it's tough to recapture that aura because back in the day, he was, he was something else. The Mystic Mac, the... Because although he had lost once early on, and even though he lost to Diaz, it was like he had this undefeated persona to him where, yeah. where it was just kind of... No, there was no stomping him. And, yeah, um, yeah, I, w- I would agree with you on that. And since then, he's been stopped twice. Yeah, <laughs> fuck has he ever? Um, yeah, and and I think it's it's tough to come back from that, and it's tough to come back from the Habib stoppage. I guess he's been stopped three times. Had the one win with Cowboy. Like it's his impact. He hasn't won since like what 2018. It's it's been a while, so it's yeah, it's tough to get back. But in the new uh, tough promo that came out it it felt like he was getting back to that old like swagger at least mm-hmm. because um he was uh he came in the gym chandler was uh sorry uh chandler was in like in a tank top and shorts in gym attire kind of like what a ufc coach would look like and connor came in in a full suit sunglasses i think but full full decked out head to toe um Walked in, oh, there he is, and just immediately off the bat chatting shit. So he's walking the walk and talking the talk is what it sounds like. Well, has he walked the walk recently? Yeah, so now, now can he, is he going to be able to back it up? And, and there's all this talk, you know, will they even fight? Like, it's just, it's this weirdness with the Chandler McGregor fight them themselves in its own. Like, there's a weirdness with it. Yeah, and um, and so they're chatting a bit about it, and McGregor goes, "Oh, have uh, have they told you what weight it's at, or or something came up where like, have you heard what weight it's at?" And uh, and McGregor kind of laughing went, "We're gonna do it at one eighty five." And Chandler goes, "One eighty five? I don't give a shit. All right, let's do it at one eighty five." And McGregor just instantly flatly responds with, "You'll do what you're told." 
and walks off. Jeez. And it's and like, Chandler, it's like Chandler's it, agreeing with them. He's at like, least the way, at it. least the way they edit it, it looks like Chandler has absolutely no comeback. He just kind of sits there and just says nothing. And it's like, you know, that that comes back to the old, you know, when he would get called out because it wasn't even that was his old style of he didn't even like he he transcended the sport where it wasn't even I'll fight anyone anywhere anytime. It was. I will pick you. You're lucky to fight me. You'll lose, but I'll change your life kind of thing. Yeah. Like he very much like remember in the day he, he had that old speech. He was like, it's a celebration when you fight me. You call your wife, break out the red pennies. Connor picked us. And it was like, oh my God, it was to him. Like he made it a thing where it was an honor to fight him. And I think he is trying yeah. to get back to that old style of, of you're welcome. I'm, I'm back. Yeah, because I do think there is a piece to that of, yeah, he is giving you a once in a lifetime opportunity. Although Poirier was a star before him, uh, his star became bigger. Same with Diaz. Like no doubt, them beating Connor. Same with Khabib. You could say Khabib was a star. He definitely was before Connor, and he had everything to be the star. It's not like Connor made him in any way. But yeah. oh my God, did that fight do crazy numbers? And yeah, Khabib won that. So obviously, A, he's going to get that pay-per-view money from that fight. So boom, that's not only money in his bank account. So yeah, thank you, Connor. But B, yeah, it's it brought an unprecedented amount of eyeballs to, to his fight. So if yeah. half of those people after the win, even if they were cheering for Connor, respected the way he won, it was an opportunity to to take over an entire fan base. So I think, yeah, it is... Um, I think I did try Poirier's hot sauce the other day, actually. Oh, did you? I, I, I could only find the KO edition. Okay. So that was it? ghost peppers. That's the extra spicy. Okay. You're, you're a little, you're a little extra spicy. So, so it's very fitting for you. I'd say. Ask me how it was. How was it though? Was Shit it good? my pants for an hour. Really? Dude, it was horrific. Like, tasted whatever, but, like, I, t- I shit. It, like it was so hot. You was, was it nuts. was so hot. Pardon? Like, the things it did to you afterwards was oh just Oh, my nuts. goodness. And I've never had, I've never had hot sauce do that to me. Like, I've gone hot, hot sauces before. Yeah. And I've gone, oh, my God, that's hot. And I've danced around, and I've, I've flapped my mouth. I've had to drink milk, all the 10 things, whatever. But... I've never like it's never gotten to the gut the way this one has like that. Wow, that hurt me. That hurt me. That was a K. It was the KO edition. It knocked my ass out. As advertised. As advertised. Wow. Yeah, no, I've I've yet to to try any of. I was hot. Highly recommend it. Well, um, do you? I am. I, I do really want to get my hands on the original, though, because I've heard I've heard from other sources that is really good and it's not too hot. And I think some people dissed Poirier for the hot, the original not being hot enough. So he kind of came out and just made a light your ass on fire hot and was like, "All right, losers." And, and I'll be the like first the to admit, level. I don't have a good spice tolerance. I'm sure there's some people like, "Oh, I drink a whole glass of that stuff a day. You're a pussy." Yeah, I am. I am a pussy. But you know what? It hurt me. It hurt me. Hey, you've got good self-awareness, though, at least. 
Hey, man, yeah, I'm, I'm aware. I'm, I know who I am. I know what I'm about. Um, but yeah, so, so it, it was, it was just, it was interesting to see Connor back with that persona, very much of, I'll, I'll make the decisions. Not, not necessarily, because, because he kind of changed the game in a way where it used to be, um, it used to be about. I'll fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. And that was kind of, that was the, um, that, that, that was the admirable stance to take. Yeah. And that, that was kind of the thing. And he, yes, he's always had that anyone, anywhere, anytime. And he has lived up to that. Like he's done that multiple times. If he's taken short notice fights, he's, he's done things like that, but he's also very much lived this persona of not, not only anywhere, anyone, anytime, but if if you are the person, you're welcome. Yeah, like that. I think that's a very that's a very uh, you could all only only other equate it to a, a the great Chael Sonnen, and I think that's even the name of his podcast is "You're Welcome." Oh, really? Well, yeah, because he. I think he also kind of played that persona of. Of he's always on top, but I think Connor took it to a whole nother level of he is bigger than the promotion, right? Like when he says things and he's even saying it, like even back in the day, he used to talk. He's like, well, me and me and Lorenzo, like he would, and that was a power move in his own. He was cutting out Dana. He was talking about the other two owners of the, of the organization. That's who does that? Everyone goes, well, you know. Me and Dana will talk. Dana, give me this fight. Dana, you know, you've ever heard a million fighters say on stage, Dana, give me this fight. Who goes behind Dana's back and go, me and the Fertitas were talking about it. Connor did that. That's a, that's a move. Because that's establishing yourself. And, and, and then he, he changed it where me and Hunter, Hunter Campbell. And yeah, that's who all the fighters were actually talking about. But they say Dana because he's the figurehead. Whereas Connor was like, no, I talk to the people. I'm telling you who the people are because who's one of the people? Me. I think that's a powerful yeah. stance. And I think, I think he is trying to get back to it. How much does he live up to that these days? I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's tough. It is a tough sell because at the end of the day, you have... You have someone that has lost a few times, and you know there is almost that piece of. I think for 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 fans' sake, you almost need to see him in a war. Like we held questions from that cowboy fight, and I think the issue with Connor now is his, how is his longevity sake? Because we yeah. haven't seen him win a fight past one minute in eight years, six years. Yeah, and we haven't even when seen him fight. When was the last time he won a fight that went past one minute? Yeah, well, and it's even like the last time he fought was what? In the summer of of 2021, wasn't it? Yeah, but he, he shattered his leg. I mean, yeah. To but, him. Yeah, oh, yeah, no. But like, it's we haven't even seen him fight. By the time he does, it's going to be, you know, over two years as well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of, years. there's a lot of, you know, kind of things to think about for his mm. next fight is yeah yeah but and then and he's, he's used the ring rust excuse before with poirier like it's 
And that was something that built up his star. He was someone that was active back in the day. That why that's why Connor Mania was Connor Mania. That's why it was a mania. Because he was fighting so consistently. That's why you could cover him. Because right after one fight, there would be a, some press releases of him on vacation. And then he's in the next fight camp. He's calling out the next guy. He was at every press conference. Yeah. Or he wasn't at every press conference, but it felt like he was at every press conference because every press conference he was at, you heard about it. You heard about it more than any other press conference. Oh, 100%. He was the attraction. And I think it's tough to get back to that when you haven't won in so long. And, you know, he has loose ends now. That was always kind of a thing with Connor. He didn't have loose ends. He lost to Nate, immediately rematched him. He didn't have loose ends. And I think... He was trying to do that with Khabib, never got the chance to do that with Khabib. I think that's always going to be a a mark on his career, unfortunately. Well, not maybe a mark, but you know what I mean. It's always going to be there, at least in the back of his mind. Yeah, I I, I guess there, yeah, chip on his shoulder. And you see him, he's, I think he needs to avenge the the Dustin situation, but now he has to beat Chandler. And I'll be, to be brutally honest with you can i give my conspiracy theories and we're going to tie it back to how we started this episode oh 100 we love conspiracy theories here or maybe i actually i didn't say i said this before we started the episode i'm going to tie it back justin gaethje and dustin poirier are fighting for the bmf belt yeah who do you think the bmf belt fights next I mean, probably McGregor then. They're give, they're, they are like, setting him up another belt. They are putting yeah. a belt up for him. Because you cannot tell me. Because cause that's the thing. Because Poirier has won the first fight. I'm not saying he's going to win the second one. And the first fight was a war. And Gaethje has gotten substantially better since we've seen the changes. We've seen the improvements. I think this will be a fight for the ages. I'm I'm yeah. giving it the the preempt fight of the year contender right now. Like this is the fight you don't want to miss. Get your pajamas on. We will live watch this. Whatever that night is, I am booking it off. That is the fight. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the fight. Now, the thing on that is though, um we need we need to get this Chandler McGregor fight on the move. We need to get yeah. this going because if Poirier wins that, how is that not the next conclusion? That's his next loose end. Yeah. If we're if we're talking about it from either perspective, that's McGregor's loose end. From the sake of Dustin's, yeah, he says he won that second or that third fight. You know what? I think we need the fourth. I think this is one of those fights where you go, you need the fourth because the third honestly was a bit of a wash. What was supposed to be the rubber mash was a wash. Yeah. So yeah, like I mean, I mean. You know, you still give, like, obviously Dustin still gets the win there, but it almost feels like there's kind of like an asterisk beside it. Like, it's not a, you know, he he didn't, he didn't go out there and finish the job type of thing. It it kind of, well, it wasn't able to have that finish that, that it deserved. Exactly. And so I think now, and then, and then the flip side to that is if Gaethje wins, who doesn't want to see McGregor Gaethje? Exactly right. If Gaethje wins, that doesn't even do that much to Poirier's loss. Maybe Poirier does one final fight with Connor before he leaves the UFC. 
Yeah. Right. If 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 Poirier loses to Gaethje, he is getting older. He has said he's not sure how many fights he has left. Maybe he takes one more big like because realistically, like if he loses to Gaethje, I think Poirier, unless he has one more final run in him, I think he's close to being done for his title contention years. Yeah. Realistically, now where the the chip he still holds, which is one hell of a chip. Is Connor. Yeah. That's the ace in your sleeve, man. That's that is the chip to hold. That's the million dollar chip. Because that is the same chip Diaz has held since 2016. That's the chip Diaz still holds. McGregor still talks about that. McGregor yeah. talks about Dustin less than he talks about Nate. That should mean good things for Dustin. These are good things for Dustin. So I think. If if Dustin wins that BMF belt, yeah, McGregor's the next choice. If he loses it, McGregor might still be that next choice just because at that point, you, you need the money fights. Those yeah. are, that, that's what's left because then Poirier, if he goes to fight McGregor, yeah, he's gambling a lot. And maybe he wants to hold on to that chip for a little longer like Diaz did. Yeah. But then you have that option of... If he beats McGregor this last time, he can either retire on top or he now has the pickup price. If he wants to move up to 175 or 170, being the man that just slayed the great notorious one, well, you get to pick your fight. You now have that same status that Connor held, that I pick you. Yeah, you're anytime, anyone, anywhere, but you now have that I pick you status. Yeah. All yeah, good no, that's... Thought, I think. No, those are those are very good points for sure. That, that's my UFC rant of the day. You know, that was a good one because that, that that gives a lot to to think about. If we had, if we had any UFC fans, to. if we had any UFC listeners, the first nineteen minutes of this show these these are for you. Yeah, it's a yeah that you know yeah that's a lot to just kind of think about, and it's going to be interesting to see kind of how. That all plays out in what scenario we're going to get. Cause it could go a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of what way it lines up. It's yeah. going to be exciting. That's for sure. I think it's going to be so exciting. And I think it just it's, it sets up so many amazing things. Because it, it, it yeah. puts a... It, I think it puts a... It puts a spark, because I think right now there's some confusion. I think there's a lot of contenders, and dare I, dare I speak the words, too many contenders. How dare I, Brandon? How dare I say those yeah, words? Too many contenders. Um, but there's a lot of contenders in every division, and we're seeing this right now. There's some logjam, because some of these champs, are are going for stories, right? Look yeah. at look at Adesanya Pereira. They were going for a story, and so now who do you have next? Well, now you have Adesanya back at number one. Pereira's moving up to to light heavyweight. So now you have this weird logjam of yes, you have Drysis Duplessis. He's I think ranked number five, maybe number seven. But you have Whitaker, who's been winning and winning and winning, and he should come back. But it's a bit of a Max Holloway situation. You have the same thing in featherweight. But Volkanovski just put on this amazing performance 
in in lightweight. So so yeah, we're gonna give him the fight with Yair, but what is really on Volk's mind? Where is this division headed? And then you're looking at something like even in um Bantam. Bantamweight, where you have the yes, it just got announced. I don't know if you heard this, but Sugar Sean will be fighting. Uh, yeah, I did hear about in that. August in Boston. Yeah. Coming up quick for the belt, that's going to be a huge fight. Now, if Sean wins, obviously the next one is Marab. If Aljo wins, what happens with Marab? Because they train together, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Marab has said, "I'm not fighting my teammate." Yeah. How how do you follow that? How, how so? Yeah. What do you now do with this contender? Because now you maybe have a Max Holloway situation because he's just beaten Piotr Jan. So if if he's gonna gatekeep, but he's too good to gatekeep, where does he belong? Did does someone need to move up? Does someone need to move down? Do they just need to fight? Are they waiting? Are they maybe making it bigger, seeing if they can milk a bigger payday, and then you go over to welterweight. Colby and Leon, they haven't agreed to that fight yet, but you have so many more people in the in the waitings. What's gonna happen with Hamza? Where's he? So I think I think there's there's a lot of contenders right now, and I think for the situation of uh Islam, there is this almost seeming old guard in in lightweight of the and I, I don't want to put Gaethje in there because he is a bit younger, but there's this like Poirier, Gaethje, McGregor, um, Ferguson, although he's kind of, he's a, not really, unfortunately not really in the picture anymore. But then you have like Oliveira versus Dariush. That's the, that's kind of the next contender fight. Who's uh, Dariush's next fight? I got to pull up some standings here. We might have to revisit this one because I'm I'm blanking on some of the other lightweight contenders and how dare I, but I'm uh I'm needing to get back into the UFC the way I used to. You remember how much I was into it, Brandon? Oh yeah, I used no. to know everything. And, it, and it's not even that it's not even necessarily like you know, you're that you're like not on the ball or not. It just kind of really shows like how many contenders there are. Like there's yeah. so many that it that, that like you know, for someone who is as invested in UFC as you are, it's hard to keep track of all of them when there's so many different uh, just contenders and different, you know, matchups we could see. Mm-hmm. And I think you have a situation. That was the point I wanted to make. You have the situation in more than one division of you have a new champ that do you just give them all of the last champs top contenders or do you try and push the next one? So again, in the welterweight division, you have Leon who just won. Well, Kamaru would kind of lap that division. So they're wanting to give him Colby next. Some people agree. Some people don't. Um, I don't know if you can give him Burns next. I'm trying to think of some of uh, other. He's done two with Usman. You can't do that again. Woodley's no longer fighting. Um, Masvidal's no longer fighting. So I guess there's some of the retirees. But then you have a situation with Islam again of he just beat Charles, but the next contenders are Poirier and Gaethje. Well, you can't really give him the last two guys that just fought Charles, especially because they were also the last two guys who fought Khabib. Yeah. Like you'll go three straight champs with 
two of their first, I think, or two of their early on defenses being Poirier and Gaethje. So I think it's mm-hmm. that then does become a tough sell where Chandler's fallen a bit in the division. They are wanting to push Benil more, I would hope, or I would think. You have Rafael Faziv, who did lose to Gaethje, but lost in not a complete blowout. And then again, in the welterweight division, you have guys like uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, who I think is needing needing a little more of that push, maybe giving him uh, a top-five opponent to give him more of that notoriety. Where Hamza, I, I, I thought he was moving up to middleweight. I don't know why he's still in the... Uh, welterweight rankings but where wherever he lands i think he needs um he needs placement i heard there's talk of him maybe fighting kamaru next but i don't know if that was ever confirmed oh yeah i, I didn't even hear about that and so you're even there right there that would be a huge fight right there. that'd be huge if Hamzat makes weight yeah yeah for sure yeah, that's, you know, yeah, there's, the there's a lot of cool possibilities like that that we could be seeing here over the next, you know, year or so. So I think I think to circle back, I think it is very smart for the UFC to put in a BMF belt for the top two lightweight contenders, or maybe the top two and three, uh, in Poirier and Gaethje to almost quote unquote occupy him because although he is not currently in the rankings, I believe just due to inactivity, Connor. Connor's going to need a top, like he's not going to fight an unranked guy when he comes back. And I, I would be yeah. shocked if he fights a guy outside of the top 10. I'd be shocked if he fights a guy outside of the top five in Chandler being ranked the fifth guy. So I think when he comes back, if he beats Chandler, if he takes over that five spot, maybe a four spot, him getting Gaethje and Poirier, I think makes a lot of sense because at this point, I think it is a tough sell despite his persona it would be a tough sell to push Connor directly into a title fight against Islam. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. And it's it's like you said, you know, um, if he beats Chandler, who's ranked number five right now, you can't, you know, then put him up against anybody lower than that. Like it, it just doesn't make sense then. Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah, then you got to find someone, uh, you know, ranked above Connor for for a matchup, and then that's yeah, no where that all kind of comes into play for it. It's going to be crazy times, man, and I'm looking forward to all of it. Um, oh, for sure. It's going to be good. Our next uh, fight night, we have Dern and Hill. Then we have uh, Kaikar France versus Albazi. Then title fight of UFC 289, which is Nunes uh, versus Arena Aldana, the Oliveira Daryush fight, which is that was that the pushed back date or has that just not yeah. been updated on the website? I don't yeah, I that, think that one's off. Yeah, that's the pushback date. Oh, that is the pushed back date. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I don't know actually. I'm like ninety percent sure. Okay. Uh, and then after that we got Vittori Cannoneer, Emmett Tapura, Strickland. Mega Medov, and then our next one is Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez with uh, Moreno versus yeah. Antoja on the co-main, Whitaker versus Duplessis. I think that is going to be a number one contender fight for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of exciting events coming up. Do you want to, before we move on officially, do you want to quickly just uh, do the run over the BMF card? Because that is yeah, one hell 
Let's do it. Of a lineup. So, oh, and they they announced the Sterling O'Malley. Oh, never mind. They're just the title fight for. So, UFC 291 has been released, and it is going to be Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje for the BMF title. Uh, I'm so excited. And on the co-main, we have Jan Blachowicz versus take, taking on Alex Pereira, which is going to be an absolutely explosive fight. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, my money is on Pereira. Uh, then we have Tony Ferguson, the return of Al Kikui, taking on uh, Green. Um, oh, I just clicked out of it. Oh, no. No, no. You clicked and on then that. we got um, Paulo, Paulo Costa taking on Aleskarov. Aleskarov, I, I apologize. Uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson taking on uh, Alexander... Pereira Lima, I think. I think it's also another Alexander. No, maybe it's not. Uh, but he's the guy that's known for slapping people. He does a lot of sl- flips. Actually, that's not the one known for slapping people. That'd be Nate Diaz. He's the one known for imitating Nate Diaz in the mm-hmm. octagon and uh, doing flips and whatnot. Uh, then you got Derek Lewis taking on DeLima. Uh, Michael Chiesa taking on Kevin Holland. And uh, that that's the fights they've announced so far. So that is an absolutely stacked card. I am so excited for that. I really hope none of those uh, get canceled or have to get pulled for injury or any other reason. Obviously, I never want anyone to get injured, but this card especially, it's uh, packed to the gills. So I think that's going to be a night we have to uh, get together something for sure. Oh, yeah. We'll have to figure out something for that because, yeah, that's that's one of the most stacked cards we've seen in, in quite some time. So we don't want to... We, we need to capitalize on, on the opportunity for it for sure. Are your so it's, uh, it's are your be ears bleeding time. yet? Have you listened to me enough? No, I like your voice. It's kind of soothing. Oh, thanks. Um, do you <laughs> want? Do we want to get into some NHL? You had something you wanted to talk about off the top. Yeah, well, just just something, just something. Uh, another After kind of thirty minutes of UFC we could, talk. Well, you, you brought up the idea of conspiracy theories before, so this, this is kind of another one, maybe. Um, so obviously, you've seen the uh, the movie Space Jam, not the shit one with. Um, LeBron James, but the one with Michael Jordan, right? Yes. And so you I'm know how talking about Space Jam today. Oh, well, there we go. I know. It's, so so you know, you know how in the movie, like Michael Jordan's got his special stuff in his water bottle, right? Steroids. Yep. Well, yeah, so what do you think? Maybe, maybe he was uh, he's ripping some Dubby on the sidelines there. Maybe that's what it was. That was... Maybe Dubby Energy was Michael Jordan's special stuff. Now. Never know. I will say for the sake of copyright purposes so no one gets sued out the absolute ass. It's all allegedly. <laughs> We're not saying it actually is, but it could be. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, li- I, li- I like that conspiracy theory. Because we love W Energy. Yeah. Um, I have another conspiracy theory for you. All right. Did Bettman rig a wild card team to be in the conference finals just so the Stanley Cup will always be played in Florida? Between Tampa and Florida, can we get it out? Come on. You know, if one state, one state has held the Stanley Cup finals for four straight years if Florida wins. Are you joking me? It's interesting you you went there because you could have also went down the route of what a lot of people, not even just fans in general, but even some well-known and, and well-respected um, executives within the NHL believe that the draft lottery was also rigged. 
Connor's going to Chicago. Yeah. TikTok's but, coming to Chicago. But, but what you did say, though, it, yeah, it's like, you know, if, if Florida does win, then it's, yeah, it's, you're going, I mean, technically not, like, in retrospect, four years, but really only three because Tampa Bay's first time was during the whole um, the whole bubble saga where it took place in, I believe the finals ended up taking place in Edmonton. Um, but yeah, regardless, like that, that, that would be the, you know, and in a place like um, the state of Florida where they say, oh, it's not a hockey market. I mean, if you've got two teams there and, and between the two of them, you know, four straight uh, appearances in, in the finals like that, that says a lot right there. Yeah. But you realize hockey could have a Texas-Florida Stanley Cup final. Yeah, it really could. We, we could even get a, we can even, even get a, you know, Nevada and, and Carolina matchup. Like it's, yeah, but, but Florida would be worse. Like, but between Nevada the teams Carolina left, it's like worse. it's not any. I mean, and I know fucking people are like, oh, Vegas is a big hockey market, like you know. But it's not like a. It's not like a Boston. It's not like a Toronto. It's not like a Pittsburgh. Like it's not brewed from diehard fans type of thing. Yeah. Um. You know, people go there because it's like, hey, we're in we're in Vegas. You know, why not go see a Vegas game? Because you know what, I like as much as I shit on them, it does look like the atmosphere there is pretty incredible. I will give them that. But it, yeah, it's like we're just gonna see a, a Stanley Cup final matchup so different from years past. Like it, it reminds me back to 2012, you know, where the the Cup final ended up being um, the LA Kings and the New Jersey Devils, and it's like you know, New Jersey's not a a huge, you know, they've they've had success in the past. But it's always so tough when they've got the Rangers and Madison Square Garden right there, mm-hmm. and obviously you know L.A. is is L.A. like they're, you know they they're they're a big market. But if L.A. lost in the Western Final, we would have had an Arizona Coyotes, a Phoenix Coyotes at the time, versus the New Jersey Devils, and like that would have been one of the most bizarre Stanley Cup Final matchups ever, which I feel like is is kind of what we might be on pace to see this year if it's vegas and florida oh god i'm rooting for so, carolina who are you cheering for at this late in the stage brandon so i so going back a bit because i think it's funny and i love to talk about it even though you know i'm kind of dunking on myself but throughout the stanley cup playoffs i've made my predictions on who's gonna win each each and every series we've gone through 12 different series throughout the playoffs. I've only predicted two right. But the only two I've got right is I predicted Dallas over Minnesota and then Dallas over Seattle because I do... I, I'm predicting Dallas will win the Cup and I want them to win. Um, and, and, and then from the East, I, I want Carolina. I do think Carolina will win. And that just... That, especially for a San Jose fan, that gives me the perfect Stanley Cup final. Because then either way, I get to watch two of my favorite San Jose players of all times, either um, Joe Pavelski or Brent Burns, both two phenomenal veterans in the league. You, you get to see at least one of them win a cup that this year. Obviously, it would mm-hmm. suck because the other one, you know, you have to watch them lose in the finals yet again. But, you know, one of them does get a, does get a ring. They get their name on the cup. And that's what I'm rooting for. 
Um, but deep deep down, I'm hoping Dallas uh, wins it all this year. That that's my pick. Is that should that be the official PGO Stanley Cup 2023 pick? If if you're on board with it, like I'm I'm on board with it. Financially, I'm going. I'm going hard. I'm going hard. The Dallas Stars. That's the team. The cup is going to Dallas. All right, folks. Do we want to make a quick PGO parlay for tonight and tomorrow? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the uh, Western Eastern Finals are. We'll do just the first game, and then we'll talk about the series in total. Or do we want to do a parlay for the series? Do we want to do a series parlay? Uh, we we could do one of each. We could do for 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 games one two like the the first games of each series and then an overall uh, overall um, predictions for the series. I'm okay with that. I think my day, I mean I've pretty much already said what mine are, but I'm curious to hear what you got to say on them. So sorry, who are you taking out of the East? Uh, Carolina. Carolina. Although I yeah, wouldn't honestly... be surprised if Florida wins. I, like I would not be surprised. I think I think I got to take Carolina too. I think it goes back to Carolina has played one less game. Uh, Florida did have to play one more game against Boston. You would have to imagine that takes a toll. Yeah. Um, they did go to seven with Boston, which you have to imagine plays a plays a meaningful difference. Yeah, and it's um, even just that's so crazy that Florida. Like I would have never picked Florida to be the team to come out of Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Florida. Like I did not think Florida was. Year? And it's interesting though because it's it's something that's been talked a lot about throughout the playoffs. Like you look at when um, Washington won the cup in I believe it was 2018. They won the cup. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and the year prior, they had just won the Presidents Trophy, got bounced in the second round. When Colorado won the cup. Um, or, or sorry, not before Colorado, Tampa Bay, before they won their first of their back-to-back cups. The previous year, they were the best team in the league, won the President's Trophy. They got swept by Columbus round one. And then Colorado, they won the cup last year. The year prior, they won the President's Trophy, were bounced in round two. Look at Florida this year, won the President's Trophy last year, best team in the league, out in round two against Tampa Bay. And now... They're they're heating up and they're on a run. So it's like, is Florida, you know, the the fourth team to do it within, you know, in within this window of winning the presence trophy, you lose pretty early in the playoffs, but then the following year you you go all the way and win it all. Yeah, I I, I don't know how I can take Carolina at that point, man. I think my official prediction is the Panthers. As much as I don't but, want so the here's, Dallas here's Florida my final, thing. To me, but here's that's... my thing on why I'm not picking Florida. That's, and that's, it's, the, it's, that's the trend, Brandon. Haven't you ever I know, been to a but, casino? But look at... Um, so Florida knocking off Boston. Like, nobody thought that was going to happen. That was incredible. And then not only do they do that to Toronto, but the number one thing from Toronto and Boston, both their biggest things, and it's come straight from coaches and management, they've said, we were not able to contain the Matthew Kachuk line. The line of Matthew Kachuk, I think he's right now, he's with Sam Bennett and Nick Cousins. Nick Cousins actually scored the, the game winner to knock off Toronto, so shout out to Wait, Nick Cousins. is Sam Bennett also a former Flame? Yeah. And so, did, did but they then, go but, in the same deal? No, uh, Bennett was about like two years before Kachuk. 
I hate this. I hate you. But, That's so depressing. No, but, but when you when you look at it, look at Carolina, though. They they went up against New York Islanders, who had a very, very strong line of the um, Barzell-Horvat line. Jordan Stahl's line on Carolina, they are such a good defensive line, they completely shut down that top line for the Islanders all series. New Jersey, they were just on a goal-scoring tear when they, they stormed back and you know beat the Rangers in four out of the final five games of that series. They, they just can't get much done against Carolina in that Jordan Stahl line. They shut them down. And so I believe the biggest difference is going to be that, and, and obviously I, Florida's got the way better goaltending than Bobrovsky. I give them that. But I believe that that Jordan Stahl line is going to be able to contain Matthew Kachuk's line. And that kills so much of Florida's firepower, their offense, and just what gives them that spark as a team. So that's why I'm picking Carolina, but I'm, I'm saying they do it in seven games. I think it's going to be a very long, just grueling series on both sides. But I think Carolina gets the edge out. And Carolina team that's been sniffing around, you know, as a top contender for, for the last, you know, five, six years, I feel like this is the year they finally get over that, that final hump and they can uh, get to the finals. So you're saying it's going to go seven games. So Carolina will win four. I, I yeah, I think it, it. I think it has to go seven between these two teams. They'll win three. Okay, because we we can get exact odds on that. So we're gonna parlay the exact odds because that's a fun PGO parlay. What do you think? That uh, is. What do you think the Knights? I think honestly, Knight Stars is going seven as well. See, I I had it in six. Six. I I predicted Dallas in six. I again. And Vegas is, you know, as, as much as I give, and I hate them, like I make it very well known, I dislike them so much. I give them so much credit for being able to knock off the Oilers who just between McDavid and Drysaddle looked unstoppable. Mm-hmm. But again, Vegas just, they looked like a very shaky team, you know. They just seemed like they were almost a, a different team every single night. You weren't getting consistency from them. Uh, you weren't getting consistency from your top players, um, goaltending, up, up until Aiden Hill came in and kind of stole the show there for him um, in that. Um, but I, and even with Dallas, but I feel like Dallas just has so many good weapons and so much versatility amongst their players. I think they get it done in six, though. Done in six. But like you said, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it, if it you know, does go to seven. Like, these series are going to be very close. The teams are so evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Do we do, we but, do a big bet? Do we do a big uh, series bet? You think it's going in six? I, I think Dallas in six. I think Carolina in seven. Should we do, should we do a major parlay? What, what are odds if we do that? What are we looking at? I think it's, I feel like, like if you pull something like that off, like it's, that's pretty, that's pretty tough to do. I mean, it is only two series given, but only two still with how close these teams are like it. And, 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 and the playoffs are just so unpredictable. Like, I don't like out of over, what was it? Like out of 1.2 million people who, um, made brackets trying to predict it only, uh, I think it's only 11 people predicted these four teams to be the final four. And it just shows like it's so unpredictable on, on what could happen. Okay, waffle for a minute. 
I'm going to be back in a second with the odds. Yeah. Yeah, I can waffle. That's that's usually what I'm good at. Um, fuck it. I'm just going to do the plugs right now. I got free reign to say whatever I want, so I'm going to do that. Um, if you're enjoying the episode right now and you're glad that the PGO show is back, I may fuck up one of these, but Will won't know, so um, he'll find that out later on. But if you'd like to check out any of the PGO socials to engage with us, see the kind of uh, fun stuff we throw out there, you can find us over on Twitter at PG Overtime. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at PGO Show. And you can also find us over on YouTube where we do most of our uh, live streams. If you happen to ever swing by there, you can also find us on the YouTube at Post Game Overtime. Post Game One Word. And if you're so inclined and want to join the PGO team on the war against Big Energy, you can go to any of one of our uh, links in our socials and click on that link tree. And at the very top, you can click on that delicious W Energy link. That's right, W Energy, the official sponsor of the Post Game Overtime podcast. You can click on that link, and there's so many great selections there. It is a jitterless, free um, caffeine blend to mix with water in any water bottle or glass. You just put a little bit in there, mix it up. It keeps you fueled all day long and, of course, without the crash. And it helps us. Fight the war on big energy. So you can click that W link and use the code PGO, three simple letters, for 10% off at checkout. Fight Boom. that war, folks. Yeah, did you hear that? How sick was that? That was pretty much all man. That. that was good. I did I not get all of that. it, but I got, I, got a good, I got a good chunk of it. They yeah. are not going to let us parlay those two bets. Are you kidding me? Fuck. That's tough. I was so riding a high there, can... and I'm back to a low. Now I'm back to like a medium. That's can we, tough. Can we parlay just their their overalls, their money lines here? Um, okay, so we're going Canes, Stars. Can we can we parlay that? What? It probably doesn't let you. Wonder why. Well, it's probably because again, everybody thinks shit's right. Because did you hear what happened with the the NHL draft lottery? How Bedard is going to an original six team? And well, yeah, yeah but yes, but uh, so you can like on sports books, you can bet on uh, the draft lottery and who you think's you know going to get the number one overall pick, right? Eighty-eight mm-hmm. percent of people who bet on it across the world, eighty-eight percent of people pick Chicago to move from three to one. What? Like everybody, pretty much knew, and even me the whole time. Like I was like. Maybe there's a chance, you know, San Jose gets it. Like, I was on a hope and a prayer. But, like, I really thought if any team was going to win, like, Chicago, just it just made sense. Tell me all this beforehand. I would have laid some fucking cheddar. Are you kidding me? You say this now? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, get you. I see. And right, there's damn. no validity to that. Yeah, but you, oh, when, oh, yeah, when will series finish? Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, oh, fuck, maybe you can't. Great, so, Carolina, Dallas. Yeah, I don't think you can. You can't parlay them. No. Uh, Dallas, Vegas, game six. Yeah, no, you can't. Oh, that's shit. Now, it's, it's not the same effect, but you can, you can both put money on them together. 
Yeah, like you could do kind of two separate ones and be like Dallas and Carolina in a one, and then you could do six games and seven in for another one. But yeah, you, you can actually. You're saying Carolina in seven and Stars in six. That would be my prediction, yeah. Okay, so it's not the same effect, but between the two, if you're throwing down a total of five on each, let's say, yeah, ten buck bet. You're walking away with forty six dollars total. Twenty four and twenty two from each. Yeah, yeah, that's so shit. You can't do that. That's weird. It is. It's but... so odd. Hey, who knows, right? I might, I could, I could even be very wrong on my predictions. See, I don't like that. That's that's not why. Why do you say something like that? As I'm about to put in these bets, so like, no, well, we're going to. Like I've already did. I've already. I'm already locked in. You're locked in. Like I can't go back now. But like With again, Dallas like it's in six. I will say this though. In seven. I have. Yeah, I have been. I've been jinxing teams like crazy when I when I pick them, but I every time I pick Dallas, they come through. It seems like Dallas is my one saving grace in this box. It just seems like a match made in heaven. Every other team I fuck over, but Dallas, like, I, I got them. And in fairness, I haven't even picked Carolina yet. I thought I picked Islanders over them and the Devils. So maybe Carolina's my other lucky team. There's only one way to find out. I'm taking Dallas in seven. You're going, you're going Dallas. And you know what? I, I can't even say anything about that because that's a very, very legit pick there as well. Like Somehow it, it, it has worse odds. There's, there's just absolutely no way. Like that, the Carolina Florida could easily, you know, go in five games. Like that, that series could really go out. Like anything could happen. But I'm saying the, the Dallas Vegas is for sure a, a six or seven game series. Like that one, I am very, very confident. Yeah, I'm taking on. both of them in seven. That's a good pick. I like that. Just to clarify, you've got Carolina and Dallas both winning in huge game sevens, and I got uh, Carolina in seven and Dallas in six. You are correct, good sir. Yeah. Other other news, though. So, um, obviously, the news broke out uh, the other day that the residents of Tempe um, voted against the three proposed... um, projects for building a new arena for the Arizona Coyotes. So now their future's kind of up in the air, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I heard. And and people who are really just basking in 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 it and just enjoying the suffering in Arizona are Toronto fans. Because now they're like, "Oh, the the Coyotes are done. Like they're they're going to have to relocate now." Mm-hmm. And and that just saves us from the, the, the talk of Austin Matthews potentially leaving the Maple Leafs um, after next season, because he is a free agent, and going back home to, to Arizona, his childhood team, much like Tavares did when he left the Islanders to go to Toronto. I will say, the thought of the Coyotes leaving might be the tipping point that really makes Matthews want to go, fuck, I got to go back there, I got to save this team. Because if like if the Coyotes bring in the a, you know a top what what I mean what most people are saying a top five player in the league in Austin Matthews, 
that immediately saves that franchise. Mm-hmm. Like if he's if he makes it, like says to himself, you know, I'm just I like it here in Toronto, but let's face the facts: this team, regardless of of what happens, whoever they bring in, whoever they ship out, whatever they do, it's just never enough. Yeah. Why not go to this team with on the Coyotes where they have so many great young established players already and so many great prospects, not to mention they have two top 12 picks this year. I believe they have picks 6 and 12 in this draft. So two more phenomenal prospects coming in. That's, that looks just appetizing for him because he can go there, immediately become the captain. He's playing for his childhood team. He saves them from relocating to who knows where he's the face of that franchise, just like he is with Toronto. And, Mm -hmm. and he can, and, and more than that, he can ask for however much money he wants on his contract. If he says, Hey, you know, the highest paid player in the league right now is making, I think what's Nathan McKinnon now going to be making 12.6. Matthews Mm -hmm. could legitimately be like, Hey, I want 15 million. And the Coyotes are either going to be like, Okay, here you go. Or they're going to be like, no, that's too much, and they're going to have to relocate. Yeah. So Matthews holds all the cards to go there and, and save his team, and he can make way more money than any other team would offer him. And the Coyotes have a fuck ton of cap space as well. So, like, money's not even a problem for them. So that's, that's going to be something that's also very interesting to kind of see, you know, over the next next year's time of... Of, of what happens there, because especially because as of, uh, I believe it's July 1st again now, the beginning of the free agency period, that's when Matthews can sign an extension with Toronto that'll kick in next year. So, you know, if he, if he doesn't sign and he goes all year without signing an extension, maybe he's, maybe he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go to, to Arizona and, and, and save that franchise, so. Well, we'll wait and see what happens there, though. It'll, it'll be very interesting to see what does happen. That would be just ludicrous. It, it, would, be, it would be nuts. It's not crazy to think, though. Like, it, there's a very realistic chance it could happen. Um, but, but again, you know, maybe Matthews says, I want to play out next year and kind of see what the state of, of the Leafs are and what we can do. And maybe they go to the, maybe they win the cup. Maybe they even go to the cup final and lose. But then he's like, okay, like we're right there. Like we're, we're, we're one step away from, from finally getting there. And then maybe that convinces him enough to stay with Toronto and, and, and chase a cup with the team that drafted him. Cause that is a big thing for a lot of NHL players. Like you look at guys like um, Crosby, you know, he, he's always been loyal to Pittsburgh and, and, and won them three cups. Ovechkin, years of heartache with Washington, but he finally brought him a cup. Uh, even Steven Stamkos, you know, there was talks before Tavares even went to Toronto. It was, oh, we're at Toronto's, like, Stamkos is coming home. And then Stamkos signed to stay with Tampa Bay. And not necessarily the first one because he was injured throughout pretty much the entire playoffs. But especially in the second one, you know, really, he, he was able to actually play and lead him uh, to win yeah. a cup. So... And and so that, that that is a big part of it is players wanna, you know, bring home the gold and, and bring the Stanley Cup home to the team that drafted them and, and um reward those fans and whatnot. So uh but it's all all a, all a long time away, so we'll kinda just 
wait on it and see what happens. But I hope the Coyotes don't leave Arizona as much as they get shit on. Like, I do actually want to see it. Because it, it, it can be a successful market. They just haven't had a good team in such a long time. Yeah. Which, make, which makes it tough to try and be like, they, no, they, they are a profitable franchise. Like, they have value in the league. But it's like, where's the value when they're, they're bottom of the league every year and they're basically, they're known for being the retirement home because they just trade for all these contracts of players who are never going to play again. So they can just, you know, get, get an extra draft pick or two type of thing. Yeah. So, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Lots of time before anything happens. Even if a relocation does happen, it's going to be years down the line like it's not going to be an, an immediate uh thing that happens within the next two years so mm-hmm. we'll wait and see on that um okay uh do we want to do a quick nhl tonight and tomorrow night game one's parlay yeah let's do it i think the Panthers, for these or i think the carolina hurricanes are gonna come out swinging yeah yeah i i agree I think they're going to be amped up. I think they're going to be ready to go. I think they steal game one, and I think I think our picks steal game one. What do you say? Do we just ride with our picks? Is that what we do? Yeah. I'm on board with that. You know, I, I'm very confident in Carolina winning game one, and, and between Vegas and Dallas, like I'm flip-flopping back and forth. I'm like, you know, it, it could go either way, but I'm going to go with, with Dallas because... I just think, especially if Vegas is going in with Aiden Hill again, you know, I feel like he went on that bit of a hot streak against the Oilers. But, you know, up against a team like Dallas, who it's a completely different, uh, you know, team from Edmonton. Edmonton really relied on McDavid, Drysaddle, and their power play. That's really all they had. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dallas, not only do they have a good power play one and two, but they, they have at least three very solid lines that can do damage five on five. So I think it's going to be a little bit too much for Hill to kind of wrap his head around game one. So I do think Dallas um, will pull it out. And Dallas is the slight underdog. So it gives us the underdog take even better. Um, That's always a good, good one to have for game one. So that's your PGO parlay for tonight and tomorrow night, folks. It's a two day or two gamer. And it is the Carolina Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars. And you also have the makeshift parlay of those two taking on each other in the cup. Those are our predictions. That is the NHL news. Any other big NHL news you got? Um, just, a, just a few things that I do want to point out. Like, just kind of things that I, I have thought about over recent times. So, obviously, the first one is, is we do know that um, Connor Bedard is going to Chicago. That is, you know... There's and people make up stupid hypothetical trades like, oh, what if you know this team offers this and this and this? And it's like, no, like Chicago's got, and even it was an hour after Chicago won the draft lottery, they sold two million dollars in season tickets within the first hour. Like, if that doesn't just like he's already making the team so much money. And he's, he hasn't even been drafted yet. He hasn't signed a contract. He hasn't even met with anyone on the team yet. And so it's like he's not going anywhere. But one thing I, I was happy about, and it was, it was something that you know, sounds stupid in retrospect, but even like 
Because San Jose, I think they only had a 9% chance, 9.5% chance of moving up to the number one pick. Mm-hmm. But then they also had, I think it was a 60 or, or a 72 or 73% chance of dropping back to picks five or six. And but staying in pick number four, in, in my opinion, based on the ways that I think, well, we already know Bedard's one, I think Fantilli's two. And Leo Carlson will probably go three to Columbus because Columbus needs an impact player right now, mm-hmm. which leaves the door open for San Jose to take um, Michkov at number four, um, who's playing over in Russia right now. And now the biggest knock on Michkov is he is um, he's already committed to another three years in his contract to playing in the KHL, and the KHL will not because he's. They're their youngest, biggest star in the league. So they're not going to let him just leave. They're like, no, you got to honor your contract. Like, we're not letting you out of it. And that's fair. I get that. But he is a phenomenal player. Uh, he, he is be- better in my mind than, than Carlson or Fantilli. I'd Fantilli and Carlson just get the edge because they can immediately come over and make an impact. Whereas Michkov, you're not getting him for three years. But when he comes over, he's immediately, he's going to be like um, an Artemi Panarin or a Kaprizov. You know, they come over kind of in their, their earlier 20s. I think Panarin was maybe a little bit later uh, into his 20s. But when he comes over, he's going to be an, an immediate impact player and a, a top player in the league. And San Jose, I can say, they're not going to be good for a few more years. And so he fits the timeline perfectly to come over and just immediately fit in with that core and be an impact player. Cause he's going to be 21 at the time. So he's not going to be a young kid. Like he's, he's going to be, you know, he's already going to know how shit works, how it gets done. And, and so I think that's a very um, exciting thing for San Jose fans who, you know, it's, it's always focusing on maybe the negatives. It's like, man, just imagine if we got Bedard and like, you know, what that would have done for the team, like didn't get him. It sucks focus on what you can get and you're getting you know you even looking at the last eight or nine drafts if Michkov's in there in it is his talent and potential he's going number one in a lot of those drafts like because he is that good of a player it just hurts that you know you're not getting him for at least three years mm-hmm. but um and then on the flip side, that another thing, I, it, it's not even my thought. It was, I saw someone kind of pointing it out on Twitter and they said, like, this is ridiculous. Like, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, it makes sense. When you think about, um, especially, well, obviously, you know, thinking of back to the series when um, Toronto had Boston up uh, four to one in, in game seven and then Boston storms back in and wins that game seven in overtime, it just shatters the hearts of the Maple Leafs players and their fans. Uh, looking back at the players at the time, like especially their captain, you know, Fanuf, and their big forward, like their big star, Phil Kessel. Like, do you remember the amount of just like, just shit talking and hate they got from the media and in interviews and like them being blamed for all of Toronto's failures, basically. <laughs> but I now loved you, it. But like you look at the team now, the Toronto has such a sick team. Like, there is no reason they should not be up against Carolina right now. There is no reason that with Boston going out round one, Toronto had the easiest path ever to win a cup this year with their current team. 
and they 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 get just shit on by Florida. They couldn't even score more than two goals in in a singular game against Florida. Mm-hmm. And the media, it's it's like they're babying them. It's like, you know, do do you believe in this group? Like, can this group get it done? Like, we we believe in you guys. Like, wh- what's got to what's going on? And it's like they're they're not getting ripped apart and just shredded like previous Toronto players were. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so weird that it's now like the it's and maybe it's just a new wave of the NHL and whatnot. But it's like it's like hold these guys accountable. Like those Toronto teams back then, you look at them, it's like okay, hey, yeah, like you had some great players, but overall, a pretty shit team. Like to even get to that game seven against Boston alone that year was was phenomenal for the team in itself. I mean, yeah, yeah. it obviously sucks to blow a lead like that when you you could have had the series won. But there's no reason they should have won that series to begin with. Mm-hmm. But like this team, and now it's just like, yeah, they just get like it's just like they they don't receive that that same backlash. It's like we believe in this group, like we believe in you guys. You guys can get it done. It's like it's like maybe these guys need to feel that heat and get ripped ripped apart a bit. Like kind of maybe light a fire under them or, or or something. Yeah, it's just it's just so weird to see, and it makes you kind of feel even worse for guys like. Fanuf and Kessel, especially even James Reimer, when he was there, he he received a lot of heat as well. And it's just like these new guys just aren't aren't feeling the wrath of Toronto that that previous players have. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, maybe it is just the new wave of of the NHL, which I, you know very well could be. Like it, it it's very different from ten years ago, I will say. But Toronto media, all I'm saying is just rip on your players, hold them more accountable, and. Maybe, maybe that lights a, maybe that lights a fire under them. Like you know, maybe they need that. Maybe they don't need coddling and, and babying. So, hey man, we're all for negativity here at PGO. Um, we are. We are. Do we want to do a separate episode and do a year in review for the XFL? Congratulations to the Renegades. You are the huge XFL congratulations champions. to the Renegades. Huge congratulations to the Renegades. You are the XFL champions for 2022, 2023. Well, I guess just 2023. Um, do we want to do, do we want to just give it, give the whole season a separate episode? We'll look up some stats. We'll kind of, we'll talk about how the season did, how the TV reviews did. If they're going to be another year, do we want to, do we want to yeah. just save this for another day? Make it proper, make it. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Give it the and, honor it deserves. And we kind of, we kind of steered away from the, um, you know, kind of in the playoffs, we we didn't, you know, we we weren't releasing many episodes and talking about as much. But I was still once the at least, dragons were out. I was yeah, out. and like I I was very still, you know, paying attention to games. You know, I even was able to find kind of a, a radio live stream of the finals, and um, you know, I, I was able to to listen to that for part of the game. Um, but yeah, like hats off to the Renegades pulling off two huge upsets. And honestly, kind of that is like them winning is kind of a, a big fuck you to me because I was the one kind of shitting on him being like, like, man, that's so bad that, that the Battle Hawks missed, but they had such a better record than the Renegades. It just sucked that the Battle Hawks were in a tougher division. But and look at the Renegades, like they knocked off the top team in their own uh, division, the Roughnecks, and then shocked the defenders in the finals, kind of really manhandling them. So yeah. they, they, they proved me wrong. I will say that. Like they really. They really shut me up on them, so they really shut me up too because I was I was right there with you ripping on them. Um, those were those were equal equal things. Um, really quickly, not that we'll cover it much, 
Uh, NBA playoffs is going and in full force. I'm throwing some uh, yeah. cheddar on the Denver Nuggets to cover five and a half tonight. Um, I, I wouldn't I mind. I, I would bet. like to see Denver win. I don't want to see the Lakers win again. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to see the Lakers win again. Honestly, I have my money overall on the Celtics winning, being the Boston boy I am. Uh, but yep. they don't well, play until tomorrow. And the, I mean the Heat. What were they? They were the they were the bottom seed going into the the playoffs and have gone on a bit of run. But I th- I think the Celtics. I I do think the Celtics and uh, well I think the Celtics win. And then I want Denver to beat the Lakers, but I think the Lakers will win. Unfortunately, well, the Lakers. I think the Nuggets were the one number one or number two seed, and but it's LeBron in the playoffs. Like I know, but the Lakers just were the tough. number seven seed. But look at them; they they knocked off the Warriors. Although the Warriors didn't seem to be that you know that dominant as they have been previous years. Yeah, it was not. The and Warriors a big part of that, goal. I think, is also. You know, age to a lot of their their key players as well. Fair and yeah, well, and the thing is, so they they've played one game prior. Um, they've played one game recently. These are the game twos here, and Denver won in game one, but handedly, like it came down close to the wire, but they were smoking. The uh, the, Lakers. the Lakers up until the very end, the Lakers made this huge comeback. But going into the fourth, the Nuggets were up by like twenty. Yeah. So that you know, may, maybe they run. maybe they can get it done though. Like it's you know, but I, but I get it. it. Like I've always kind of said, like, and it is something that that I've always said, and I do stand by. It. Like I'm never gonna shy away from it in the NBA. Like if you have that one elite star player. That that can single handedly win you a championship, yeah. and and again, it's just like it's always tough. It's like fucking LeBron in the playoffs, man. I think he's gone to more finals than he hasn't throughout his career, and it's just yeah, it's just like it's like it's just like damn, man. Like when you put it in perspective like that, it's like how can you not think he's gonna find a way to get it done? But may, it may, maybe again though, maybe age does start to come to play. Maybe he can't you know, kind of pop off like he used to, but, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he still can. I guess this series will kind of be very telling to to see. Yeah, and the uh, the Heat did take game one against the Celtics, so although the Celtics are the heavy favorite, that is going to be a very interesting matchup to see. Yeah. Um, my money's on the Celtics to win it all, and by my money, I mean I put a good amount of money, so if they get bounced before the finals even happens, oh, that's going to hurt. And I, and not even me here, like like meat riding Boston or anything, or you or anything, but like I, I do think that Boston will win, win it all this year. I think they came so close last year to getting it done, and I think this is the year where they've just got that. That's that extra motivation that they need. They don't want to repeat last year. So I, I, I am, I'm riding Boston with you as well. All right, I like it. I like the camaraderie. Um. But I did take Denver to win tonight. Hey, I'm um, on board with that. And to cover five and a half, which I think will be the more interesting challenge. We got the Hurricanes taking game one as well as the Stars taking game one. Parlay that together. We got the Celtics winning it all. We got the 
stars winning in seven. We got the Hurricanes winning in seven, and we got the stars winning it all. Those are your PGO bets, folks. Do you have any clown news, Brandon? Oh my God, what a what a gambling heavy episode we've done. Do you have any clown hey, news good. other than us and the addictions we carry? Um, I did. I'm just trying to find it. I know I did have one clown because I was like, man, this was like perfect. I'm just trying to see. Um. Uh, what? What oh, was by Karen? Did we? Did we talk about it since our last episode? I don't think we did. I don't think. Did Did we talk about um our favorite TikTok star Jackson Holmes? Did we talk about him getting arrested? I believe we did, but if we didn't, he got arrested, folks. Yeah, that's crazy. That like. And we shit on him a lot. Like, I, I make it, like, well, we both make it very well known. We're not fans of him. Like, we love to shit on, make fun of him. I never thought he was going to get arrested for doing shit like this, though. I really didn't. When I did, but, when I originally saw the video, I, I, in my head, I thought, well, charges got to be pressed, right? Got it, Like, right? it, it was one of those videos that you see it, and it is jarring. Like, it's not a, it's not a casual video. Like, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's, it's jarring. It's a lot. It's 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 it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a tough watch too because like you can see very well that his presence is not wanted in that area at all, and for him to kind of barge his way in and you know get handsy the way he did and shit, it's just like it's like dog man. Like take a hint, read a room. Read a room. Read the room. Um, I did find the. Yeah, this was the clown. So I'm I'm gonna and this is this is funny because I, I don't like Danheim Ducks either. So I'm gonna throw them on the clown report. And not by their own fault, just by luck. Um but so they as we know, they they finished worst in um in, in the NHL this year. So they had the best chance to get Connor Bedard. They lose the draft lottery, move back to number two. However, this is not the first time that they had the best chance for the number one overall pick and moved back to number two. Do you know the other time that they did? When? 2005. When they had, at the time, the best chance to get the number one overall pick to select Sidney Crosby, another generational player, and they lose and drop back to two. So they have now had the best chance to get Crosby and Bedard and have missed out on both of them. It's like, damn, that, that's a tough pill to swallow, but as a San Jose fan, that's awesome. That's so good. That... And, it's, and again, it's not, even, it's not even the Anaheim Ducks' own fault. Uh, like, they, they can't control that shit, but I'm going to throw them on there anyways because I think it's personally hilarious. It is hilarious, but that proves the folly of a draft lottery. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that, yeah, like, it's... And I, and I know the NHL's whole kind of... Um, you know, the whole reason behind their tweaks to the draft lottery in recent years has they're they're trying to prevent teams from tanking. Yeah. And when and when you look at Chicago and Anaheim, two very very different scenarios. Chicago, they sold off like they sold off good players at the deadline, like Patrick Kane, most notably. They made their team worse, and they still didn't finish last. They were still winning games late in the season. Despite having a shit team. Whereas the Anaheim Ducks, I think they had a very, very good team. They have very great talent on that team. 
They went on a 13-game losing streak at the end of the season. You cannot tell me that they were not purposely trying to lose, especially when you have young players on that team like Mason McTavish texting Bedard after their losses like, like, oh, shit, you're, you're coming home. You're coming to Anaheim and shit. And it's like oh, Anaheim oh. was purposely tanking, whereas Chicago was just kind of recouping assets for a guy like Kane who they knew wasn't going to re-sign. Like, he was going to leave at the end of the season regardless, so might as well get something for him. And even with the very, very shit team, they were winning games. So it's like, oh, no. so it's like as much, you know, so it kind of goes both ways. Like, it, you know, Anaheim was purposely tanking, and they didn't win the draft lottery, and which is kind of what the NHL has been trying to do over recent years, is to prevent teams from purposely tanking. Because... Yeah. As we see, the first overall pick isn't guaranteed. Fair enough. So I'll throw the Anaheim Ducks on there because that's funny. But yeah, that, well, that was I kind of my... put them on there for them tanking for their players texting Connor and then not getting him. I would I would say that's even more of a clown. Like the the Crosby thing is hilarious, but the fact that they did have players on the team texting Connor Bedard like, "Oh, you're coming here," and then they don't get him after tanking 13 yeah. games, like. And it's like, my goodness, when I was texting you and I was over the moon happy when San Jose finally dropped to the, the very bot, like number 32 in the league, they were dead last. And then all of a sudden it's like, OK, that it's in their hands. If they want, they could go out there and lose, uh, you know, every single game. And they're, they, they can't move up because if they get no points, they can't move. But then look at look at San Jose. They went on a four game win streak and all of a sudden uh, moved ahead of uh, Anaheim, Columbus, and Chicago. And I mean, they they didn't get rewarded for it. like they they stayed at four, but they're still getting a phenomenal player. But it's like, hey, it's very two different sides to it. It looks like there's a team that, that have, just have too much pride and in, in in themselves. They don't want to be just going out there purposely losing. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the other team, and they're they're purposely losing. So, yeah. But in the end, neither team got Bedard. So, mm. both both teams can cry a river. There you go, and you're one of them. Yeah, so, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Um, thank you, and for sticking with us through this little spring break. We'll be back bringing you hard hitting summer content. Probably a lot of UFC news. I think. Who we, knows? We've, maybe Connor Mania um, starts back up. Maybe Poirier or Gaethje yeah. Mania is next to come. Maybe a welterweight. Is Covington going to dethrone Edwards? Yeah, never know. And I think... Um, What's Pereira going to do in the lightweight division, light heavyweight? Yeah, and we, and we also talked about it last year, and then just a lot of, lot of stuff came up for us last summer where we kind of took a, a big summer-long break. But I think one of our plans over um, the summer this year, especially, you know, may, maybe uh, viewers, like listeners worldwide, maybe don't care as much, but especially for our Canadian listeners... I think we're really planning on diving into the the CFL this year. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of kind of keeping the football theme that we like to have going. You know, we we kind of run through the the NFL. Thankfully, we had the XFL this year to kind of um, bridge the gap. take up some time, and then the CFL. You know, will, will take us through um, kind of all the way through the summer into uh, late November. Kind of so it'll kind of overlap with some some NFL. But I think we're looking forward to, to kind of covering that and really diving in deep on that. Uh, I for sure am. Uh, so yeah, I think we are. Boom. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next episode.